Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Hip Senior Podcast, hosted by Marianne Bailey. Each week we sit down with seniors age 55 and up to share stories that will inspire you to live your life to the fullest. Plus, information on the latest services that will allow you to make your golden years into platinum years. So, grab your cup of joe, sit back, and get inspired. This computer... Good afternoon, everybody. This is Marian Bailey the, with the HIP Senior Magazine and Directory. And today we are coming to you live from Dayton, Ohio, where it is, let's see, it's 44 degrees. We're having a heat wave and it is sunny outside. And you know what, truthfully, I don't care what temperature it is as long as the sun is out and, and shining on my face and, and making me a little bit happier just in that aspect. And so today we are here to have a talk with Teresa Youngstrom, who puts a smile on my face as well. She is one of our contributors with the Hip Senior Magazine. She is a diamond, no, you are not, yes, you are. You are a diamond member uh, for the Hip Senior Directory as well. And so we are just so happy to have you with us today, Teresa. Well, thanks for having me, and I love being a part of HIP Senior, and I love being able to tell everybody about it, because it's the latest and greatest, and I love that it's online and um, can just share with everybody, but more than that, it's the opportunity to talk about dementia issues with so many people, because that's what I do. Yeah, your business is a better approach to memory care, and within that business, you are a family consultant, you're a speaker, you're a staff trainer, and a CE provider, am I right? Did yeah, I so, yeah, all the, no, I think you really, you got it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I work with families, you know, they usually call me when the wheels start to fall off with, when the dementia, the brain failure has progressed to the point where people are running into each other at home now, or things aren't working out, or maybe even in a community and they're having challenges with this particular resident. And um, I love to be able to come in and help. Um, I started the quest, gosh, probably six, seven years ago when I realized challenges with my own mother and that got me headed down this pike. You know, I've been a nurse for 35 years and the sad thing is I thought I understood dementia and I think there are probably a lot of colleagues out there that feel like they do too. Um, I've been a director of a memory care and assisted living in my career and although I think I'm a peaceful person, I'm easy to get along with. What my mother taught me is that it's um, if you don't know how to work with dementia, you just might get thrown out of the blankety blank house like I did. And that's when I, w- I woke up and thought, wow, I don't know as much as I thought I did. I better figure this out. And I started researching and getting more training. What is the one most common thing that people get frustrated with when dealing with a loved one or even somebody that they're working with? Um, about dementia? Wow, one thing. <laughs> oh, goodness. One or two. One or two. The lists are long. I 
think um, we get frustrated when they surprise us that they're in a completely different world than we are. Like they'll ask you a question that doesn't make any sense at all. Like when my mother said, are my parents here yet? And now her parents have been gone probably 25 years. And so, and for me to be able to not correct her with a finger wag and, um, you know, something might be parental or condescending, but to be able to just jump into her world, not miss a beat and say, you know what, let me check the driveway. Because to validate their needs and worries, wow, if you can learn to validate instead of correct them. Um, so, so that's probably, correcting is probably the biggest mistake that we make, correcting them. And thinking that if I just explain it to you a little better, you'll understand. But it's great right. fit. Or, right. or, or if I talk a little bit louder, you'll hear me better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's not necessarily hearing. I mean, here you, they could have a hearing issue, which kind of can make the dementia much worse. But hearing is separate, um, separate from the brain. And um, so it, it's independent. You, some, people, some people have dementia or hard of hearing, and some people, my mom could hear like, a, I mean, like an eagle, right? Nothing you know, about that. Well, yeah, there's people, though, that, that think like, Okay, if if I don't speak Spanish and I'm talking to somebody who only speaks Spanish, that they think like, oh, if I just say it louder to her, she's surely she's going to understand me better. <laughs> that that type of under, hearing and understanding it better, you know. Right. So or That's or speaking slower or whatever. A lot of times the people understand what you're saying. They just they're not relating it to their scenario that their mind is telling them that they're in. Correct. Right. I don't think we realize that brain failure has been going on a long time by the time we recognize big symptoms. It's probably been going on a long time, five years, 10 years. Now we're learning it might be even longer than that. We also didn't realize that there's more than just Alzheimer's that causes brain failure. So you have this thing called dementia and so many people will say, yeah, I've got dementia. Well, dementia is not really a diagnosis. Dementia is really a collection of symptoms. And your mom's symptoms might be different than my mom's um, because their brain diseases might be different or just, gosh, the environment they live, the challenges that they're facing might be different. But we know that now there are more than 120 different diagnoses that cause symptoms of dementia. So, and how you progress with Alzheimer's is different than how Lewy body looks or frontotemporal. And that's why it's so important to get to your doctor and figure this out and then get on to the next doctor who's a specialist in this type of memory failure, gerontologist or someone, a neurologist who specializes in dementia so that we can narrow down maybe what's going on so that we know how the right medications to take or not take and the right way to come alongside and jump into this journey with them because this is not a three month pancreatic cancer, terrible disease. This is a journey. This can be five, 10, 15, 20 years disease. And, um, and that's why we really have to prepare better um, and, and acknowledge it earlier. I've had families who are like, just don't say anything. She's fine, she's fine. Just don't say anything. But it'd be better if we could get it checked out early on because do you know, if we wait until your loved one is too afraid to go to the doctor and have the appropriate testing, well, we never do get a diagnosis and we just end up with, yep, they got some form of a dementia and uh, we're gonna do symptom management and comfort care. And we do that and we do it a lot, but 
early on, if we recognize some of the challenges, boy, can we come alongside and just help them in the areas where they need help and let them still succeed in so many areas of their life where they can still succeed. I would think some people would be scared to get the diagnosis no matter what stage they're in, even if it's the beginning stage, because that is, uh, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to me, you know, a year from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, depending on what mm -hmm. age they start at. Um, and, you know, how much am I going to be able to remember or be able to handle with my family and stuff like that. And the mm -hmm. earlier you realize it, the more you're going to fret about it. And you're saying that there's more you can learn to to be able to handle those situations. But I could see yeah. both sides of, you know, I could see me being just like burying my head in the sand going, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. But usually it, for those of us that turn our head and we don't want to know, um, something bad usually happens. Like we find mom outside. Um, this didn't happen to, this happened to one of my clients, you know, found her outside in the ditch, whatever she was planning to do. Or another lady decided at two in the morning, she had to go get that turkey that was on sale. No concept of time that it was two in the morning, didn't recognize it was dark out and was heading down, you know, Beachmont Avenue. Yeah. Um, because she was heading to Kroger's. So scary things can happen. I had another lady, another client that just plain got lost and she still had the wherewithal to hit 911 on her phone, thankfully. And um, she wasn't in a dangerous place, but you've had people drive off and drive off and next thing you know, they're in the middle of who knows where and we don't find them until too long afterwards. So bad things can happen. And um, so I'll yeah, I didn't mean like I didn't want to know like if my mom had dementia, I wouldn't want to know I had it. Yeah, <laughs> no, really, I know. I really, I would, but but you know, just the thought. You know, I'm 50 this year, and just the thought of that just kind of startles me. Like, what I what what I want to know. You know, what how much fear is that going to invoke in me for for the future? So right, I, it I is scary. Yeah. It, it is scary because we don't have a cure for it right now. I mean, there's lots of research going on. And there are medications out there, but the medications we have are trying to make the brain cells talk better to each other, maybe to um, change things chemically or physically so that the brain will still function, but they aren't really slowing the rate at which brain cells are being killed by disease. And that's the frustrating part, um, that they're probably 40% effective and there are lots of side effects. So my best advice is to start one at a time and see if there's pros or cons to that medication. Does that work for your system? Or if you have massive chronic diarrhea after that, probably that's not going to be the best medicine for you. Right. So maybe we could try something else. So tell us a little bit more about the articles that you're writing for the hip senior. Where does the inspiration for what you want to write each month come from? And, and where do you see um, these articles taking you in the magazine? Yeah, so being able to have an outlet like that to share stories that will not only educate other people, hopefully provide some insight to those that are going through it, some, um, some words of wisdom, um, some suggestions, um, and maybe something that'll prevent an uh-oh moment for your loved one. So um, many of the stories, you know, just I'm an emotional person and um, pull on my heartstrings. And just to think that there are lots of, lots of things we could have done better if you just knew this, you know, or if you just knew that. 
And, um, you know, having the plan B ready or, you know, giving the tips that we did for the January article is just so important because frequently we get into a coasting mode and we, and we think, okay, this is good for now. This is good for now. This is good for now. But we have to know, we have to know what's coming down the pike and plan for when the wheels do fall off. If there's a fall or if maybe the care provider, so so one of the couple has dementia, the other one's providing great care and things are good. But if this one had, falls and breaks a hip or has some type of accident, what happens to this other person? And do we have powers of attorney ready to go? You know, um, so to be able just to, I think I probably teach from a perspective of, here's some mistakes I've made or have seen. And maybe this will help you not make these same mistakes. And maybe this will encourage you on this journey with your loved one, because it is a journey. It definitely is. And I know we get a lot of feedback um, about your articles of people that have really learned a lot and they're just so happy to have read them. And um, if you guys have not seen Teresa's articles, you definitely need to head over to thehipsenior.com and uh, check out her articles. Um, and if you follow us on our uh, Facebook page, as well as oh, facebook.com slash the hip senior. Um, her articles um, are reshared on there as well. And now just a quick message from our sponsor of the day, Anchor by Spotify. Hi friends, this is Marion Bailey from the hip senior. Have you ever wondered what it takes to have a podcast? Well, I'm here to tell you that anchor.fm is one of the easiest ways to get started. You can have a podcast up and running in one day. Did you know that? You can talk about things in your past, things that are going to happen in the future, things about a business or a volunteer opportunity. There's all kinds of reasons and things that you can do with a podcast. And I'm here to let you know that using Anchor by Spotify is one of the easiest ways to make a podcast. Everything that you need to record a podcast, to edit it, and to get it listed in all the major podcast listening platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Everything's in one place. Simple to do. And oh, I forgot to mention, it's completely free. If you want more information about hosting a podcast or getting started, Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now back to our podcast. So Teresa, what else do you, um, are, are we headed to towards um, looking forward to you from, if that makes good English, I'm not sure. Anyway, in 2021, um, what, what else do you want to do with the hip senior? Um, like I said, I think um, education, education, education is just so important. And so to keep putting out there um, articles that um, make more folks aware of that this dementia is all around us. And by the time you're age 65, probably, probably, you know, 25% of us have some symptoms of dementia, according to the, the statistics. <clears throat> and by the time we're in our 80s, half of us are going to have dementia. 
And so this is a tidal wave that's kind of coming because we have an older population, you know, the largest group of 80 year olds that we've ever had because right. we're living longer. And so to help people understand we're living longer. And so we're going to see more of this brain failure thing, just like you're wearing glasses and I've got contacts because our eyes begin to fail. You know what? Our brains can, can our brains can begin to fail, but it's different. Normal aging is different from not normal aging. Maybe that needs to be my next article. But I do a speaking event on that because people are fearful, like you brought up before, Marianne. People are fearful that this is going to happen to them. And so every time they lose their keys, right, or miss an appointment, they think, oh my gosh, I've got that. I've got that Alzheimer's. And so to be able to help them to understand what's normal aging, What's normal decline? If not remembering someone's name when they run up to you, do you know how many names are in this noggin? <laughs> right? So for your mom or dad not to remember someone's name. Now, if you're their daughter, they should remember your name. But I'm talking someone at church or someone at the grocery store they've known, you know, for 50 years, but all of a sudden the name's just not right there. They probably remember on the way home. That's not that's not dementia. Okay, usually signs of dementia, you know, being defensive, never wrong, always the victim, um, you know, those are going to be some some bigger uh oh moments that I'm going to be worried about. Right there, there, and there's a lot of people um, that I have met through the years of working with seniors that um, I could see possibly the onset of, of some dementia setting in um, based on the characteristics that you just said. So that kind of just gave me a, an insight as to, um, you know, even working with my customers and how they learn how to use technology and stuff like that. Oh, as yeah. well. So thanks. Yeah. So and there's I, this thing called mild cognitive impairment. There are lots, lots of people have a diagnosis of mild cognitive impairment. And is that just normal decline of, of our brain aging, like our eyes age, and then we have to wear contacts? Everyone by our age is wearing contacts, or they've got cheaters in their pocket, you know, they've had their LASIK. It's just normal decline. So our brains age too. And so to appreciate that, I think is important, that your brain will age too. And uh, you'll find that you might not be able to um, recall maybe as quickly as your 25-year-old, but chances are, because you've got experience, you tend to make better choices maybe than a 25 year old because you've got all the experience and you'll take the time to figure out the best thing to do. Where when we're younger, we don't have as much experience and we're a little more impulsive, we make maybe quicker rash decisions. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So this getting old thing's not, you know, isn't all bad. Um, there are a lot of great things that, that come with it too. You know, we talk, keep talking about eyes declining. Mine started in, when I was in second grade. So I don't know. <laughs> if that's any inclination, I'm really in trouble then. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's not an inclination. I know. No. I know, I know. You're good. So we were talking also about um, possibly holding um, some Zoom classes online together, having uh, bring some people together that are curious about uh, dementia and being able to ask you some questions and for that being part of the HIP Senior as well, right? Yeah, let's do that. You know, where folks can come in because every situation is different. And anyone who's listening today who, who knows someone with dementia, guess what? They know one person with dementia. These folks are all very unique. It's, it's very unique. And you don't treat it the same like you would write a prescription for something. It's very unique. The, the symptoms are different. 
because these people have grown up differently. They have different cultures. They have different lifestyles. They have different socioeconomic. We're all different. And so my needs coming into, you know, the arena of suffering with dementia is going to be different than someone else. So being able to answer the questions of your um, readers would be so great for me. I would, I would appreciate doing that. Like I said, I've been a nurse 35 years and uh, I spend my time, my spare time researching dementia from Mayo Clinic, from Tipa Snow. I mean, there's some great people out there that are sharing great information. And I'm, I'm always hungry for more information. When you're watching a movie, I'm probably watching, you know, some documentary on new, on new things we're learning about the brain. So I just wanna stay informed. And um, yep, there's always, there's always new research and hope that we're gonna start to tap in to, um, to what's going on. It's interesting, but I, I learned a new diagnosis this week called uh, musical ear syndrome, MES. Okay. And that's where for some reason, a person might all of a sudden just, who has hearing issues starts hearing a song. Nobody around them's hearing a song. <laughs> they call it musical hallucination, but it can be related to the hear loss and getting the hearing aids might help. You should definitely see your doctor about that. But one interesting study that I read said that a lady started humming a song that she didn't even know the, the name of, and her husband was able to tell her what the name of the song was. And it opens up a wide um, idea about, okay, so where was that memory that she, how could she hum that? It had to have been a memory in there. And how can we tap into those memories that are in there? There's, I just believe there's so much we don't know. And you know, the future's bright for how we're gonna be able to come alongside and figure out dementia and some of these different diseases and put a stop to it. So I'm very hopeful. You know, I'm, I am definitely not trying to be rude here. I was trying to look on my phone thinking, uh, so there's an app called Shazam and I couldn't remember the name. That's why I had to grab my phone and take a Love look. Love Shazam. So Shazam, if you sing a song or you hum it or you let, you you say there's something on the radio and you don't know what that song is. If you hit Shazam, Shazam will tell you what song it is. So I was thinking that would be a really good app for those people that um, are really musically inclined and maybe they're having that trouble. Um, if, cause I know when I hear a song or if I've got, you know, what is that called when you've got that song in your head? Earworm. <laughs> Some that, people call it that. Yeah. You just sit there and you're like singing along and you're like, what the heck is the name of the song? I can't remember it. Um, it, it gets really frustrating for me and I always go Googling the words trying to see if that will pop up the song. But Shazam is a great um, app to have on your phone that, that you could sing that song into it and it'll, if it recognizes, it'll tell you what right. song that is. And you can frequently get the lyrics too. Right, exactly. Yeah, um, and that's so great. So then, you, then you can sing along. Music is a wonderful tool for people that have brain failure and memory failure. Music is a right-sided brain thing. And what's really wonderful about that, it can really calm a setting. It can engage somebody. It can bring energy to a room. Music's wonderful. It can even help things calm down. Um, and so maybe playing an instrumental calming music at bedtime. So music is a really great tool. Prayer is a great tool. If your loved one was prayerful, that's all right-sided brain. Um, the emergency words are over there too, though. So don't be shocked when your loved one comes, flies off at you, and maybe they say something that's inappropriate. 
I want to tell you that when you're saying the emergency words, chances are language and cognition on the left side of their brain is damaged and maybe they're frustrated and they can't come up with the right word and they fire off some other fiery, hurtful word. And I just want to tell you to pause and be a detective and not a judge when that happens. And don't fire back with something condescending and correcting. Your tone and body language, wow, is so important when working with someone with dementia. And just know when they're having an issue and they're using those emergency words, I just want to tell you there's probably pain, fear, or anxiety going on. Pain, fear, or anxiety. Can you do a head to toe and see if you can kind of figure out what's going on? Can you take it upon yourself to apologize? I'm sorry, I must have upset you. What was I thinking? I am so sorry, I did not mean to upset you. But you know what, it could be their stomach's upset, they've got an ingrown toenail, a headache, and they can't tell you that. Yet the only way they can tell you is to act out. So we're missing the communication here frequently. Um, Tipa Snow, who's just an amazing mentor, um, Positive Approach to Care is her company. She, she teaches us that probably 70% of the behaviors we see, we're causing them. And it's not on purpose. It's just that we don't know how to speak the dementia language. We're not observing more about what's going on or what could be causing their need. As time goes on, they understand fewer and fewer words, yet we tend to use lots and lots more words and get louder so they'll understand and it doesn't work. So we need to learn to use fewer words, maybe yeah. some hand signals, right? Notify your face you're happy to be there so they won't be afraid because right. they may not recognize you. Anyway, I could go on and on with tips. I would imagine that having a phone conversation with somebody with full-on um, dementia would be almost impossible at some times as well because they're not seeing your facial recognition. You're not seeing the expressions on your face or a thumbs up or stuff like that. So I imagine if you can get that person, if they have home care workers and stuff like that to get them on Zoom with you or Skype or, or Facebook Live, whatever it is, to have a face-on-face -face, um, conversation rather than a phone conversation. Right. That's going to be a much better experience for both of you. Usually, usually you're right. The more important portion of that, whether you're on the phone or whether you actually can see each other, is that I want you to tell them stories and not drill them with questions. So what's going on? How are you? What day is it? Do you remember my name? Oh, we tend to want to do an assessment when we finally get to talk with them to see how they're doing mentally. Right. And I just say, you know what? It's about the relationship. And when you frighten me with all those words and all those questions, and now I can't even come up with my own name, um, that's not going to help our relationship. And if that's how you come at me every time you come at me, eventually I'm going to want to do this and not even talk to you at all. So it's so important you come in with a compliment. So great to see you. Wow, I love those glasses. You should wear those every day. They are really nice on you, you know, and give them a compliment and then tell them a great story about something they love. Um, it might be about a puppy and, you know, they love to usually hear about animals or whatever. Like I said, they're all different. Maybe they want to hear about horses. So um, I just want to recommend you don't drill them with questions. I imagine that consistency would be more of a part of that as well. If you only talk to that person once a month or so, you're going to have those questions and want to know that stuff. 
um, where if you spoke to them once a week, maybe that desire to ask all those questions wouldn't be as strong because you're a little more in tune with what's going on with that person on a more consistent basis as well. Yeah. And so. I'm probably going to ask the caregiver those questions. I'm probably right. not going to put my loved one through right. those questions because it only frightens them. So at a certain point, you know what? Um, you just give it up that, yep, they're on this track and it's chronic debilitating disease that we don't have a cure for right now. So how can you love them along to the best of your ability and bring them a moment of joy when you're with them? Make it your goal just to bring them joy. You know, they don't need to know what's going on in the world. They don't need to know about COVID. They don't need to know about any of that shenanigans. But maybe you tell them that I wear this necklace, mom, so much because you gave it to me and I love it because you gave it to me. And, you know, give them something to be proud of, to be something that makes them feel good about themselves. Um, or maybe it's mom, I made your brownies again. That brownie recipe you gave me, oh man, that's the best brownies ever. I always, my friends want that recipe too, mom. You're such a great cook. You know what I'm hearing from you is... What? This relationship with somebody that possibly has dementia or Alzheimer's um, is kind of like a, um, a love relationship with a spouse. And instead of necessarily asking questions that require a yes or no, do you remember this? Or, um, or saying, you know, um, say, setting them up for, for failure yeah. um, is a major no-no um, by asking those kind of questions. Hey, do you remember this necklace? And they're going to be like, no, but you saying, you know, Hey, do you remember this necklace that you gave me? You know, you're not requiring that person to necessarily remember that moment in time when they gave you that necklace, you're telling them, Hey, you gave me this necklace and, and I love it so much. And I love you so much that I wear it all the time. Yeah. So it's kind of like, and in just a take the do you out of the beginning. Don't, don't even use the, do you remember? Yeah. Those need to be erased from your vocabulary when you're dealing with people with dementia. Yeah. And so I learned that like when I was before, um, you know, since probably since I went through my divorce of, you know, not setting people up for that failure, like even my daughter, you know, I don't want to trick her by asking questions that maybe she has to remember or, you know, um, a, you know, being with a partner, somebody just setting them up for failure with that instead of, you know, you know, don't, Hey, do you see something different about me? Well, you know, there could be a million different things about you, you know? Yeah. So instead, you know, being like, hey, do you like my new dress? Instead of saying, do you see something different that I'm wearing? You know, so um, I see those kind of all tie together and really good relationship tips, no matter who your relationship is, whether it's... Yeah, communication is so key. You're so right. Yeah, it could be, you know, a parent. It could be um, a child with, with you know... Um, cognitive brain problems as well. It, it could even be your next door neighbor. I could see you helping people um, with <laughs> resolution support for dealing with an elderly neighbor who people are having a hard time communicating with and they're always at odds with them over, you know, where your car is parked or, you know, who cut that part of the lawn or whatever the case may be between you and your neighbor um, who might have um, dementia and having to deal with that because, um, it doesn't just have to be somebody that's in your family, just dealing with people in general and being able to make um, healthy relationships and having healthy communication between the two of them, understanding where they're at in that relationship and how their brain's working. Absolutely. And it's even so much more than our verbal communication. I learned from Mayo Clinic that 
probably 55% of my communication with folks that have brain failure is really um, my body language. And then 35% is really my tone. And so less than 10, 10% or less are the words that you're using at a certain point in their brain failure. So it's so important that I come in, you know, I, I let go of my stress outside, take a deep breath, come in with a smile. Hey, it's so great to see you. Wow, I love that dress. Come in, positive, smile, body language, tone, everything lined up and give them a compliment first. Tipa says, always give them a compliment, make a positive connection first, especially if you're coming in to do care. You know, don't come in and say, oh my gosh, Marianne, we have 14 things to do. Oh, you need a shower. Whoa. You know what? Oh my gosh, you're wet to your, your knees. Why didn't you call me? You know, all that stuff just kind of gives them stress instantly and you might get thrown out of the room. <laughs> so better to not talk about all the tasks at hand, make sure the relationship's good. It's all about the relationship. Because if you trust me that I'm coming in to care for you, if you trust how we work together, I'm going to be, have better success at getting you washed up, getting you changed, getting you to eat your food, all those things. So as much as about the relationship. So come in with a positive and don't give them the list of the tasks that we're going to do. That's, that's not where you should go. All right. If anything, it's like, you know what, Marianne, I really need your help. I'm looking for a Band-Aid over here in, in, the, in the bathroom. And you know what? You're a good finder and I'm not. If you could help me find this, that would really help me a lot. Of course, really what I'm trying to do is get you into the bathroom so we can start the routine of your morning care. Right. But I'm going to do that by way of needing your help and letting you feel smarter than me. I need your help. So those are just some really good tips. You know, I'd love for people too to let us know, maybe when we do these live Q&A, they can then give me ideas for more articles to write. That's great. For the HIP yeah. Senior. Yeah, because what a great platform the HIP Senior is. I'm so excited to be a part of that. Um, I signed up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a member forever now, right? Because I want to have that platform to share information um, to folks out there. And I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful magazine. And now that it's online the way it is, really, really cool. Yeah, that really is helping everybody with, um, and I was, you know, you're saying you're studying different stuff. Well, in my downtime, uh, or what should be my downtime, I'm studying about different ways of marketing everybody's information and getting that out there for them and ways of creating more uh, um, value as far as SEO um, optimization and, and stuff and, and being able to do that. So I was reading an article this morning uh, talking about uh, we used to have the magazine as a PDF that went out, which was really great. It was a flip book. It really um, kind of like just like a magazine, like everybody's used to opening a magazine. Um, and unfortunately, we're, we're still able to do that uh, to some extent. But the bulk of the actual articles are on the website now because it definitely helps more people find this valuable information um, that people like Teresa are, are putting out. Um, so, and we would like feedback from everybody. What, what kind of articles do you want to see? What kind of articles would you like to see Teresa do? Um, what kind of, uh, zoom call, uh, themes would you like to see her do? Um, you know, maybe some new ideas. What, what else would you like to see Teresa do? She has, because she's a diamond member, she has all different kinds of, uh, routes that she can choose 
to interact with everybody on our platform, which is uh, really amazing. And we're really looking forward to getting really involved with Teresa here in the year 2021 and being able to help everybody with, with dementia issues. So Teresa, um, they can either go to uh, facebook.com slash the hip senior and uh, tell us on, on our page on one of your articles, hey, tell us, give us some more information, or how could they get a hold of you directly to let you know that information as well? Yeah, thank you. Um, the website is TeresaYoungstrom.com. So it's www.teresayoungstrom.com. TeresaYoungstrom.com. And there is a button you can click on to get a hold of me. And I always respond within 24 hours. And uh, I'd appreciate feedback, um, suggestions, if you have folks in need. Um, send them to my website so we can connect maybe for a family consultation um, or maybe some staff training. But I'll tell you what, I rely heavily on Marianne and her knowledge of all this SOS stuff and all the rest of it because no, well, I don't know that. that stuff. I'm a nurse. I need, what is it, SOS? No, SEO. I need <laughs> SEO. Yeah, see, I don't even know. I need Marianne to handle all the behind the scenes part of that magazine because um, I know my information, I do dementia. I'm an old nurse, that's what I do. Um, but I need Marianne's expertise to make this all work well and to be able to get my information to you through this amazing platform. So I very much appreciate the HIP Senior. Oh, thank you so much. And you know what, it's just not me. It's, we wouldn't be anywhere we're at without Matthias being on, on board with us and having people that help us uh, proof articles and just you know, just a great team that really uh, round out the whole entire equation. And so I'm so grateful to everybody. But most of all, I'm grateful to our readers who, who stop what they're doing during the day and take the time to read uh, everyone's articles and, and look at the advertisements that we have going on to help people. And uh, being part of the new directory um, is really good. Um, I'll tell you what, also, um, Teresa, they can go to the HIP Senior Directory and find your listing in there um, for a better approach to memory care. And um, in there, we're going to list your articles um, at the bottom of your directory. So in order to see this article, go here and we'll have that link and they can click from there over to the magazine as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Like I said, I love the HIP Senior and I'm so thankful to be a part of it. And we're, we're really, really grateful to have you a part of it as well, Teresa. So everybody, again, if you have any uh, ideas, any questions, whatever it is for Teresa, feel free to reach out to her through uh, her website, or you can find us on facebook.com slash thehipsenior. You can come to thehipsenior.com and fill out um, a form on there as well, however you're comfortable um, connecting with us. And if you want to be part of it, if you want to be able to write articles and stuff and, and have your platform to be able to voice what's going on with you and your business, uh, definitely reach out to me. My email address is Marianne, so it's M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E at thehipsenior.com. And our toll-free number is 1-800-525-5364. And uh, Teresa, any last word real quick? Um, just take that deep breath when you're taking care of someone with dementia. I think when you're out taking deep breaths in general with the world the way it is right now, yeah. just everything. Because I'm sure it, you know what, let's, let's round this out real fast with, I'm sure that your family members, if they're watching the news at all, and I know a lot of times 
uh, seniors tend to watch a lot of news, um, that that might be overwhelming as well, be having uh, some memory issues going on and then trying to figure out, you know, why are we talking about impeachment and the president and all this stuff all the time these days, I imagine that could be overwhelming. So maybe reach out to them, give them an extra hug, even if it's a virtual hug with, with COVID still being in place right now and, and encouraging them to take a deep breath sometimes as well. Absolutely, because they'll incorporate some of those things into their reality. Right, right. On where their disease is, and that can be very frightening. Yeah, it's a rough time for all of us and, and sometimes just watching too much news. So turn off the news and turn off the news, off the news and go read the hip senior. Turn off the music. And go read the hip senior. <laughs> so, all right, everybody. Thanks again I hope for have, today. I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of their week and enjoy their weekend coming up here. And I hope the sun stays out because the weather dreary doesn't help anybody feel any better. So, everybody, take care, and we will see you the next time here on the Hip Senior. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks, Teresa. Bye. Bye, bye. Thanks for listening to the Hip Senior Podcast. Remember to subscribe or you'll miss out on more inspirational stories that will make your golden years into platinum years. If you'd like to learn more about the senior services provided today, please visit us online at www.thehipsenior.com.